Welcome to Kill the Cast. My name is Jerry, and I am joined by the ever-quotable Jay. Game over. And a guy who's not from Aliens, the Silent Hill biker himself, Kenneth. Hello. I really like when as soon as you said game over, Jay, I just automatically was like, game over, man. <laughs> game over, man. That that uh. actually would have would have worked. That might be they might have already heard this because I might put that over the Exorcist theme for our intro. Oh, there you go. Because that would be funny. May he rest in peace. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, uh, Jay, what you been up to? Uh, Well, work as always, because that's what I'm always up to. I saw Ready Player One, and while not horror specifically, it actually has a lot of horror Easter eggs in it, so that's kind of cool. Was it good? Yes. Not as I good re- as the book, but Jerry doesn't carry the way. He thinks they're both stupid. I really want to see the movie. But it's it was a good, fun adventure flick. Um, and I watched uh, Terrifier, new independent movie that came out. That was pretty, pretty gory. I like that. That's the clown one, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. the clown design is pretty creepy and it has one really, like the whole movie's brutal, but it has one really fucking brutal kill in it that makes the whole movie worth it on its own. Does it have nudity in it too? It does have nudity. One of the Sweet. kills, the kill I'm actually talking about starts with nudity. Awesome. Then, then, then we're good to go. Fair enough. Um, uh, I'd actually like, I'd actually, you know, now I'm thinking about it. I'd like to urge any horror fans to pay to see this movie since everyone likes to complain about PG-13 remakes and sequel-itis. This is an original movie. Uh, It's practical effects. It's fucking three or four bucks to rent it on pretty much every video on demand service, or you can buy it straight from their website, which means all the profits actually go to them for 20 bucks. Like, pay to see this movie somehow, support independent horror, and maybe we'll get more of it. Nice. Speaking of which, just uh, funny, you know, we did the, the Nathan Basil, Bezel, Basil uh, interview for Leslie Vernon Behind the Mask. And uh, ever since then, there's been a lot of stuff coming out about them working on. A, there was a picture that came out that showed the script for the next Behind the Mask movie with a bunch of the cast members. So, looks like uh, something's going forward with that. So, everyone's welcome. We helped get the sequel greenlit. You're uh, very welcome for that. Yeah, we're we're going to take full credit for that. Um, (laughs) So, that's awesome. Uh, Kenneth, what have you been up to? Um, I had a great Easter with with my kid today. Um, She got cool stuff as per usual. Uh, Other than that, my normal stuff, you know, gun range, shit like that. (laughs) word i've been i haven't really been doing anything horror i i started watching shameless and i'm getting addicted to that so uh funny story i have a shirt with a quote from that show but i've never actually watched the show do you remember what the quote is uh fuck you you fucking fuck i bought it just because it's war and i like offensive t-shirts I, I, way back in the day i had a wife beater with that on it wow well, shit. Um, my dad bought it for me. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, I haven't really been doing anything. It's just been work and shameless. I bought a new uh, cat tower for my cat, even though it's really tall and he can barely get to the top of it. Well, he'll burn some weight off that way then. Yeah, hopefully. Except that we make him go up there to get treats. So he burns <laughs> it off and we get him right back into it. 
So I guess we really don't have much going on since our last episode, which was a Silent Hill episode. Um, only thing we we have moved over our feed to back to Podbean, and so there are some issues with it not showing properly in Podcast Attic, not showing properly in iTunes. But we're working on it. We're kind of at the mercy of iTunes at this point. But for some people, it works. Some people don't. But you can always directly download it from Podbean. So yeah, if you're seeing any issues and you're not seeing our feed or anything, just download it directly from Podbean, and hopefully we'll have this iTunes thing uh, figured out here shortly. And other than that, it's time to get into this episode. Now, this is going to be an interesting episode, kind of an experimental thing. It's still horror-related, but instead of horror movies, we are going to recommend some of our favorite horror video games. We each brought, yeah, yeah we each brought three games to talk about. So we're going to round robin talking about these horror games. And uh, hopefully you either have played them and you love them or you've never played them and you want to give them a try. And then hopefully you can give us recommendations that we can look into. So maybe if we do a volume two, maybe we'll bring us something uh, that you recommended to us. So without further ado, I guess I'll, I guess I'll kick it off. Yeah, kick it off like a football into a goalpost. Uh, okay, that was a sports reference. I don't quite get that, but sure. Um, Kick it off like Ricky O kicking his fellow inmates' heads. Okay, that I get. That I'm fully on board. Okay. Hooray. So, now, in the horror genre of video games, there's, there's one genre specifically that stands out above most others, and that's survival horror. And, and in survival horror, there were two big main franchises but one of them quickly switched over to action and left a lot of us in the dust who liked that survival horror but they did decide out of the randomness that they had in their heart or in their suitcase i don't know where they fucking kept it they brought us back and gave us something like that now the series i'm talking about is resident evil and the game i'm talking about is resident evil revelations So, this one came out in 2012, and it took Resident Evil back to the survival horror. Limited ammo, limited health, and not having all-out gunfights, but but actually, like, stopping and trying to survive in in a much more slower manner, which is way creepy, which is why I like it. So, now, Resident Evil Revelations originally came out for the 3DS, which is where I played it. And honestly, after playing it on the 3DS, the Wii U, and the PS4, my favorite way to play it is actually still the 3DS, just because being in that cramped environment of a 3DS kind of really works for it. So in this one, it actually takes place between Resident Evil 4 and Resident Evil 5 story-wise. And uh, it brings back Jill Valentine and Chris Redfield, along with uh, some new people. And, okay, so, ha, ha, man, describing this, I'm going to try to describe this game without going into the long thing of some t- people made some bio, mon- some some monsters, bio, bioterrorist organization, Veltro, launched a bunch of genetically modified living creatures to destroy this place called Terra Griga, Griga's. Uh, which was all solar energy island. It was like a paradise. And they were like, yo, no, fuck that shit. And they like sent all these monsters out and destroyed that shit. So, uh, Chris Redfield and Jessica are searching for that, but they disappear. 
So, of course, they have to bring in uh, Jill Valentine and a new guy who's this, like, Russian guy uh, named Parker. They go out to the last known location of Chris and Jessica, which is actually on a cruise ship named the Queen Zenobia, which is in the Mediterranean Sea at the time. And that's what's really cool about this game is it takes place in the ocean on this giant cruise ship, like Titanic looking ship. And it's raining and it's dark and you're in claustrophobic areas and it's great. Now, you're not really fighting zombies in this as much as you're fighting like these uh, weird genetically modified mutated white slimy lumpy dudes. I don't really Yay. know how to describe that to you, but that's basically what it what they are. Now, so it's the residue from my blanket after a good night. Exactly, that's what I was saying. Giant wads have come. Yeah, they're kind of like cum worms that that attach to each other to form a body, like a human like body. Um, and the reason I like it, like once again, this goes back to survival. You actually have to like evade sometimes. You have limited ammo. You have to be careful not to just shoot everywhere. And and they did, but they did modernize some of it. You can now walk, run, and shoot at the same time. Which you cannot do in some of the older Resident Evil games, which was really fucking hard. Yeah. So it's a great game that that tries to modernize the old school Resident Evil games, and that's why I really really like it. They also use this cool like scanner thing where you can scan the area to find hidden items or or weapons or just all kind of shit. It's it's fucking great. And the beginning of the game looks so good. It's so dark, and as you go through, like, and you just hear this slimy sound drop to the floor, and you have to turn around, and it's right on you, and you got to try to pop him in the face with your gun. It's it's fucking awesome. The only thing I don't like about the game is they really they break up you being on the boat by doing these flashback scenes, trying to give you backstory or show you what happened before or use it to kind of teach you something that you're about to use in the game. And I yeah, don't like, like how that. To scan jizz from the beach. Yes, exactly. Yeah, at one point you're scanning big humps of jizzy flesh on the beach, and I understand what it's doing. It's, it's teaching you how to use the weapon or use the scanner, but you're breaking up like me being in this environment so that I'm not on edge. Now, since it is on the 3DS, the, it is broken up into episodic missions, which is great for you know a on the 3ds but like i said putting those small little like go back to do this off of the boat thing that that hurts it it kind of hurts the atmosphere it hurts the flow but i'll also say this if you're not good at video games which i am not it's it's not that hard of a game like there are some places where it is hard but it's not frustratingly hard you'll it's pretty medium when it comes to like what's the word i'm looking for medium uh, difficulty difficulty yeah it's got a medium challenge so it's it's one i love uh now jay uh since you knew about the the jizz lumps on the beach i'm assuming you played this i played some of it uh i used to work at gamestop and as everyone knows and hates gamestop employees are allowed to take games home i had never played it i took home a used copy but i didn't make it uh past i think i made it to the second chapter uh before i had to bring it back i just didn't have time to to really dig into it but i liked what i got to play 
And I agree with you. It, it feels way more like the older Resident Evils, where it's actually survival horror as opposed to Call of Zombie, uh, Duty number five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. And Kenneth, you've never played this? Mm-mm. The 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 uh, HD uh, version of it for like the PS4 is not that expensive. So if you ever find it cheap and you like the older Resident Evil games, I de- I highly recommend picking it up. Okay. So that that's <laughs> okay. yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was really cool when it came out. People were people actually gave it re- like thumbs up. It we got nominated for best three yes game in 2012, and actually, someone actually gave it the best of. I can't remember who it was, but in general, it has really high score. It has a great atmosphere, except when they decide to break it up on you, and you get to shoot white lumpy jizz monsters in the face. that's always good yeah it's beautiful and there's some great gore in this like at one point like you just like oh here's a gun and you pull out the gun and there's like a fucking hand attached to it (laughs) nice it is great speaking of gore i discovered a new website called hentai haven that's not new (laughs) well it's new it is for it is for me (laughs) I, i i was i was disappointed that neither one of y'all had told me about this I didn't know you. Uh, I didn't know you wanted us to drop hentai uh, websites to you. Oh yeah, man. Anytime, anytime I can get you know nudity and blood and guts and tentacles and demons and shit, I'm all for it. You want that gore tie? Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, so that's my first game, Resident <laughs> Evil Revelations. Uh, I highly recommend checking it out. Uh, you can get it on the 3DS, the Wii U. The PS3, Xbox 360, PS4, and the Nintendo Switch. Maybe even the PC. I don't know. Actually, I don't know. It might be on the PC. Probably is, knowing Capcom. So I highly recommend checking it out. Um, all right. Uh, who wants to go next? I'll go next. Okay, Jay, what do you got? I'm going to just go with my oldest game and work my way to the newest game. Oh, I'm going the uh, opposite so way. I'm starting with Splatterhouse 3. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, Splatterhouse is a series of side-scrolling beat-em-ups with a horror theme. It's about a dude named Rick who gets a magic mask that makes him strong and look like Jason, called the Terror Mask. Um, gives him supernatural abilities. The third one was actually the first one that I played. Um, I had rented it from a video store for the weekend. I used to be able to rent video games on the weekend, so it was Friday. I rented it. I brought it home. I turned off all the lights. I was like, I'm going to make this super creepy. I was super young. And it actually like creeped me out at times because the imagery and stuff is just stuff I wasn't used to in a video game. It's got some really cool like headless creature designs and, and there's lots of gore in it. And it just like it kind of blew my mind for a video game. My little child mind was like, wow. Mm. Um but basically the plot for mine is it's like 10 years after the end of the second game and Rick's like an investment banker and he's like super rich and he buys a wife or buys a wife. Hell <laughs> he buys yeah. A, he buys a house, a mansion in Connecticut where I lived, by the way, uh, with his wife and child. And then uh, monsters show up and kidnap his wife. And the mask is like, you need my power again, Rick. Let's let's go kill some shit. And he's like, all right, fucking mask. I thought I'd put this behind me, but that's fine. And so you fight your way through, and then you find out that 
kidnapping your wife was just a distraction to kidnap your child. Ha ha ha, tricked you. Because your child has psychic, latent psychic abilities that'll help raise uh, some kind of super bad evil guy. It's been a while since I played it, so cut me some slack. <laughs> but either way, the, the gameplay is pretty standard beat-em-up. Um, each stage consists of a, a, an area within the mansion, and so you kind of have to navigate it to find your way to the room you're supposed to be in, and then you fight a boss. Uh, I remember one of the first bosses is like you're in your kid's room and it like looks all normal, but then the kid's teddy bear comes to life and like it glows like claws and teeth. And then the teddy bear's like head falls off and melts into a pile of blood and guts. And then like a monster's head comes out of it. It was really fucking intense for, and then it's hard on top of it. So not only do you have all this creepy imagery, but you're also trying to beat this fucking difficult ass beat em up and you keep dying and shit. So it, uh, yeah, that's, that's, my first game. Woohoo! Okay, do you remember the what the cover looks like? Because the cover has uh, Rick looking like he should be on a romance novel, uh, <laughs> a, muscular a little bit. and a but little bit, yeah. The monster on there looks like the fucking uh, thing from the hall scene in Hellraiser had sex with one of the fucking dogs from Ghostbusters. <laughs> Uh, like, you were you were not wrong. It is weird. It's got like a weird ass mouth. With, it's got a vagina mouth. It looks like yeah, kind of a vagina mouth. It's got like brains for eyebrows. Yeah, testicle brains. Yeah, it's it's weird. And then yes, Rick is in like torn jeans, shirtless, and uh, and yeah, and he's got a big giant axe. But either way, that's it was one of the first games to ever creep me out. Like I know, like Mortal Kombat had blood in it and stuff, but this was, this was crazy. You'd punch and kick these monsters, and then their heads would fall off, and uh, they'd have like the rib cages ripped open and stuff. It's kind of hard to to explain without looking at it. So just Google some gameplay. But for like ten year old me or however old I was when this came out, uh, it was it was really creepy, especially for it being you know looking like it did at the time compared to the, all the other games and graphics that were out. At the time, it uh, it creeped me out. Yeah, I'm upset that the game is very expensive to own physically now, well, but I'm glad the, uh, that I got to enjoy it. You know, it's on. It's you can unlock um, it on the 2010 remake. Yes, the remake's not bad either. Actually, yeah. the whole series isn't bad. I uh, love the first very, game. You get to punch knives. That's true, because Just they were fucking, psychically being thrown at you by fuck magic. Fuck you, knife! Punch a knife right <laughs> in its face. Uh, but yeah, overall, it's a great game. It's a fun beat 'em up, and the graphics are awesome. And this one added the uber powers to it. Uh, normally, he just looks like a beefed up, like Jason kind of rip off. But in this one, you can get like super ragey and uh, roid out, and you rip your shirt and turn into like the Hulk with the Jason mask on. Yeah. Another fun fact: uh, before the video game rating system had went into place, uh, Sega was doing their own version. And uh, this is one of the first games to actually get an MA-13 rating by Sega. Oh, that is a fun fact. I knew it was rated. I didn't know that part about it, though, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. I also want to say, Rick, fucking find someone besides Jennifer. Because literally, every game is her getting fucking kidnapped by fucking demons. Her vagina obviously attracts the wrong kind of fucking crowd. You need to find someone else. I concur. Yeah, so I, I'm a big fan of the first one. 
Uh, I like the other ones, but I, I love the first game. I just think it's fucking... The first one is good, but like I said, this is the first one in the series I ever played, and it creeped me out so much that it's it always stuck in my head. I could, like I can... I couldn't tell you the date and time or anything, but I could picture that exact night where I put the fucking thing in and I'd come home from renting it. And I was like, mm, maybe I should take a break and watch, watch some TV. Data maniacs on. I need something. <laughs> it was a late. Night. Cleanser. I actually, uh, I used to have a collection. It wasn't even a collection. Really? Uh, an older friend of mine had went off to the army and his mom had given me all his like electronic gaming monthly and game pro and, all the old gaming magazines. And so I used to use them as my own like game facts before the internet was around. Anytime I rented a game that I was having trouble with, I would go through the cheat section that was in the back of all these magazines until I found a cheat code for games that I was like, is there a cheat code for this game? Fuck. It's hard. Uh, so that, uh, I remember digging through the magazines trying to find like a infinite life or extra lives kind of cheat code for that one too. Yeah. I will say the splatterhouse games are actually pretty hard. Yeah, they are fairly difficult. All right, so, uh, Kenneth, it's on you. Dante's Inferno for the PS3. Ooh, good game. Yeah, um, I was, I was a huge fan of the the book Dante's Inferno. So when I heard that uh, they were making this game, I was fucking ecstatic. And uh, immediately when it was available for pre-order. I went to GameStop and pre-ordered it. And I actually got a Dante action figure because I pre-ordered it when I did. But uh, it's, it's it's your typical uh, hack and slash kind of game, you know, where you're just running around and you're fucking shit up. But the cool thing about it is, is, you know, you're, it, it doesn't, it's, it doesn't directly follow the book. So you're, you're this guy Dante and he's a, uh, kind of like a Knights Templar crusader kind of kind of guy and he ends up going to this town and he's fucking all this shit up and he's doing all these things and he ends up getting killed and when he ends up getting killed he death comes to him and says hey you're going to hell and he's like but did the bishop said I would be absolved of all my sins because I am fighting in the name of God and death you know laughed at him and told him that was fucking retarded basically and said hey, you're going to hell <laughs> And so he ended up killing Death, and when he when he went back after killing Death, uh, some demons and stuff, and uh, Lucifer had sent some demons up to get his old lady, and take her to hell. So it's kind of like it's kind of like a, a redemption slash you know um, saving your uh, saving the person you love kind of story, and he ends up having to go through all of the different circles of hell to. Uh, get her back and uh it's the the best thing about it like i said it's your typical hack and slash where you go through these different things and you know you you kill a whole bunch of different demons and creatures and stuff and then you fight a boss and then whatever but the imagery is what makes it amazing because like there's this one area where you're going through and i can't remember which one of the which one of the seventh levels of hell it is but the walls are made of people's souls and they're intertwined together and screaming and shit and it, it it just looked awesome. And one of the bosses that you have to play is the chick for lust. And when you're fighting her, like these these babies with knives on the ends of their hands come out of her nipples. 
holy shit. Yeah, dude. And they come at you and you got to fight them. And she's like this giant, you know what I'm saying? So she's like, you're on this tower and she's coming up the tower. And like I said, these babies with knives on the ends of their hands come out of her nipples and you have to fight them off. And then you have to fight her and shit. It's insane. And then when you fight Lucifer at the end of it, he's like this, 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 this black smoky kind of thing when he's moving but when he stops he's solid but he's still like solid black and he's got like this giant dick that's swinging i mean i mean no shit and it 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 was just it's it's bloody it's gory you can choose whether you want to absolve people of their sins or whether you want to damn them for eternity and shit i mean it's just amazing It, it it looks cool it's got the horror elements i mean you know and, and it's kind of like on a God of War platform. That's what I mean when I say it's the hack and slash. Because it's like you go through and you're killing shit, but at the same time when you're doing your combos, it goes into that hit triangle or hit square or something like that to get it perfect, you know? Ah, uh, see, I was hoping it was more like Devil May Cry where you just do your combos yourself. Because I don't like, I don't like, I don't like um, the God of War style. It's actually why I didn't like the uh, Castlevania game that came out for the 3DS, Lords of Shadows, Chains of some shit. Because it did that same thing, and it to me it just kind of it slows down the the get like I I'd rather just hit the combinations like myself without having to look at the screen a bit hit triangle now hit square I mean th- it looks pretty when you do that but to me it like interrupts the flow of the game and see I like it because damn if you don't do it in the right sequence that it's giving you you'll fuck it up. And if you're like in the middle of a boss battle or something like that, you fucking that up can really, really, can really, really hurt you. So, you know, I mean, but the biggest thing about it, the the thing that really makes the game awesome is how good it looks. Because they took some serious, serious time making the the all of, of all of the different elements of the environment of hell. It's insane. And it and like you got you each one of the different each one of the different areas that you go to for like gluttony or 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 lust or something like that have aspects that make it look like that like when you're in gluttony you've got these giant fat worms that are trying to eat you with giant mouths and shit like that and uh you know you can see when you're when you're riding through the river sticks and and you see all the people in the bloody river and shit like that and whatever i mean it's it's intense but it looks so good, and I think that's to me what made me love the game is how good it looks. It it sounds fucking. I I'm gonna fucking look up footage of the knife babies coming out of the nipples. Yeah, it's do a, it. It's a great game. He's a hundred percent right. This one I did play quite a bit of, and the uh, like he said, the imagery is fucking amazing. It's so inventive and ingenious. And the way that it translates each uh, each layer of hell into the enemy design for those layers, it's just fantastic. Did it make the very last uh, level of hell like it is in the book where it's like ice cold? To tell you the truth, I can't remember. I don't think I ever beat the game. I beat the game, but I can't remember. The biggest thing that I can remember is Satan's big old swinging dick. Because, huh. <laughs> I mean, literally, it fucking hung to his knees. It's a very loose adaptation of uh, of the Divine Comedy. What you mean? There's not large dick. <laughs> there's not slinging dicks in the book. I don't know. I've never read it. Uh, not that I remember. I don't think so. When I, you know, I read when it. Satan's encased in ice at the end of it. I don't remember them talking about his dick. I just remember them talking about his wing. 
Oh, fair enough. Uh, but, that's, uh, that does sound... You, you said it was PS3? Yeah. Yep, PS3 360. I'm sure you could find it uh, like on the PS Now for... Oh, yeah, totally. Or whatever I mean, for PS4, but it's it's definitely worth a play. I mean, it's really, really good, man. And like, like at the beginning of it, you see Dante, and he fucking sews a cross on his chest out of a tapestry that's got all of his sins on it. He sews it into his chest. Well, goddamn. Yeah, dude. It's it's really, really good. And the nudity is awesome. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like, it's one of those things where it's where at the beginning of it, you know, yeah, you see his uh, his old lady, Beatrice, you completely naked, full frontal. You see oh, her getting yeah. fucked by Lucifer. I mean, the whole <laughs> night. Did Guts have to watch? <laughs> Griffith did nothing wrong. Griffith did nothing wrong. If you watch, if you know Berserk, you should know this. But Griffith did nothing wrong, and I can prove it whenever I need to. So, okay, well, shit, I I kind of want to play. I might have to see if I can hunt down a copy. I still have my PS3. It's yeah. Oh, it'll be super cheap. Then you go to GameStop, get it for like three bucks. Yeah. Oh snap! All right. So my second game is actually my third favorite game of all time. Oh. And that is Castlevania Aria of Sorrow. Wrong song, but yeah. It's a song. And this one that I have in my head. Thank you very much. So Castlevania Aria of Sorrow came out for the Game Boy Advance. It was actually the last Castlevania to come out for the Game Boy Advance. And it is a Metroidvania-style game. If you don't know what a... If you don't know what a Metroidvania-style game is, uh, basically, it's Castlevania, but it uses the same kind of game layout as Metroid, which is where you're going through a map. You can go almost anywhere in the map map you want as long as you've met the requirements to access that. You can backtrack. You It becomes more of an exploration, which I absolutely love. And then on top of that, it has like... Some RPG elements where you actually are getting stronger, you are learning new things, and that's just something I'm a big fan of. So it came out in um, like 2003, and it is by Ko- Koji Igarashi, who's the motherfucking man, and yes, Jay, I am jealous that you have met him and gotten his signature. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> yep. Um, so, now, Ari of Sorrow is, did something that no other Castlevania game ever did. It set the game in the fucking future. None of this 1900s, 1800s, 1400s, fuck all that shit. This is in the year 2035. Well, that ain't that far from from now. It's it's not. And uh, Dracula has been sealed away after a battle in 1999. He's been sealed in a fucking solar eclipse. And in this game... I think uh, I played and beat this game, actually. Uh, now that you're talking about fan it. Fan-fucking-tastic. We have Soma Cruz, who looks like a male model. I uh, did play this game. Yeah, and he's a uh, and he, while going up to a shrine to watch the eclipse with his friend Minya, actually gets sucked into the eclipse, which is where Dracula's castle is, and he comes to find out that uh, someone in this castle is going to inherit Dracula's powers. Now, That'd this... That'd be fucking cool. yeah. What's what's really funny about this is like you if you've played Castlevania games, you can like start pointing out who's who really fucking quickly. Like there's a um 
there's a character in here. Fucking, um, God, what's his name? Uh, Ginya Arikado. I'm terrible with fucking names. But, like, Binya, you can... Ginya Polywog? Yeah. You, <laughs> you can quickly be like, oh, shit, that's Alucard. Um, it's, it's just really funny. And I love the fucking villain's name. His name is Graham Jones. That <laughs> sounds like a villain. Yeah, it's it's sounds fucking... like a Saturday morning '80s cartoon villain. Yeah, it's fucking great. And I also want to point out this is one of this game has done two things, not in the game but outside of it that are very strange. One, it is one of the few Castlevania games to uh, that is a Metroidvania game to get a direct sequel. That does not happen, fucking ever. Well, I mean, there's only like fucking six Metroidvania. Well, seven. How many? Seven? It's like seven Metroidvania know. style there's, games. I refuse to count fucking Castlevania, Lords of Shadow, Chains of Memories for the 3DS or whatever the fuck it's called. Because they're like, it's going to be a Metroidvania game. It's not. It's a fucking God of War game. It's so, not even a good God of War game. Yeah, correct. It is not. But the other thing it did, it actually sold better in America than it did in Japan. Which is very uncommon for Metroidvania-style Castlevania games. They usually do way better over there than they do here. So I, those are just kind of the, some of the things that I think set it apart. But one of the coolest things in this game is it has a soul system where when you kill monsters, you can gain their souls. Now, you have basically three ways this works. You have, you can equip three souls, for one for each category. One category is kind of like how is basically your sub weapon, like you had in the original Castlevanias, except you're taking them for monsters. But some of them are kind of throwbacks, like you can throw spears and you can throw bones. Uh, you can shoot fucking lasers. You can fucking um, do all kinds of shit with that. The second one is like a static ability that just kind of uh, boosts something or gives you a way to do something, like being able to walk on water or. Um, increasing your luck or some shit like that. The third one is basically, it transform, transforms you into something. A bat, a wolf, a demon that flies across the screen. Shit a giant like penis. Uh, a, giant, a giant penis. A giant satanic uh, Lucifer style penis. Hell yeah, the BBC. That you will use to uh, hit hammer in the face so you can get discounts on your weapons. I think you made that last part up. Uh, no. Why would I make that up? I don't remember there being a penis in my playthrough. You obviously didn't get the good ending. Apparently not. Um, <laughs> There's like six different penises. Apparently. Yeah, but Angelic I just... Angelic penis. I love the, the story of this. Uh, and even though it does not include anyone from the Belmonts. Um, though, well, I'd say the back. Julius Belmont's in this game kind of a spoiler but julius belmont's somewhere in the game let's um, just be honest we play these games for the gameplay i actually am a big fan of the castlevania storyline for the most part um so i actually do care about the storyline but yeah you're right i mostly play it because i love metroidvania style games so uh w one of the other things that i do like about this is the whole idea of dracula's castle being locked in an eclipse and then someone being able to inherit the powers of Dracula. Like, that to me is just fucking badass. It is a very cool concept. I really like it. And, and besides the fact that this one actually went with a more anime style and looks... 
and to me actually worked because the next three metroidvania style games were all in the same kind of anime style i'm a big fan of it. it it looks better it plays better than the other two game boy advance games for the castlevania series and it's just it's just fantastic. Um, you can get it for the DS. If you have a Wii U, you can download it on... I mean, not the DS. Game Boy Advance. You can also download it on the Wii U. And Game Boy Advance emulation, you can pretty much do on any fucking smartphone and computer. So, play this fucking game. If you, if you like adventure games, if you like um, RPGs, if you, if you like exploring absolutely every fucking thing to find tons of hidden secrets and hidden weapons it's fantastic i can't recommend this game enough in fact i even got kenneth into playing uh the metroidvania games that came out for the game boy advance uh back in the day well jay okay so jay you played this game i did i remember playing i played it on an emulator i was uh i had a a phase where I was just like running through Game Boy Advance games. And I was like, I haven't played a Castlevania game in a while. And I just happened to load that one up. I remember it because it reminded me of Digimon because like they go to watch the eclipse and then they disappear into another dimension. And I'm like, eh, that's like Digimon. Oh shit. I didn't think about that. You're right. It is like Digimon. Fuck. <laughs> just that one part. It's not like, yeah, like, clearly, but yeah, but, yeah that's what it, that's what it made me think of. But yeah, no, that was a, it. Was a great game. I love all the uh, I love all the Igarashi Castlevania games. They're they're fantastic. Yeah, oh God, I can't wait for Bloodstained to come out. I know. Oh, dude, speaking of Bloodstained, it's so it still kind of fits. Uh, they just announced a new developer update. I don't know if you kickstarted it or not. I did. But the newest developer update says that you'll be able to farm cryptocurrency while playing the game if you play it on PC, and they're working on making it so that it'll work on ps4 and xbox one as well well that's interesting that's um, fucking like that's so it's random but it's really awesome that like they're like and then they listed uh they listed a few of the cryptocurrencies like bitcoin and a couple other ones and you can have the the funds deposited right into whatever electronic wallet you want like that is fucking awesome well it's so I, if random. they bring it to ps4 that'll be dope because i'm getting it for the ps4 yeah i'll be picking it up on the ps4 as well yeah, because when I, originally I was gonna get it for the Wii U, and then I was like, nah, fuck that. I'm getting it for the PS4. It probably look better. And then they thank canceled God the you Wii made U that version. Cho- yeah, thank God <laughs> you made that choice because the Wii U was like, mm, we're yeah. Done. So fuck it. Um, Kenneth, is your microphone fixed enough to talk about uh, your feelings towards the Metroidvania style games? I think so. You okay. sound good to me. You sound good. Am, am I good? Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, all right, all right. What do you want to know? <laughs> uh, do you remember Have when you... I introduced you to the me- to uh, the Metroidvania Game Boy Advance games? I remember, but I, it, it's hard to explain. It's like it, it's in my head. I remember when it happened, but I, ca- I can't 100% fully describe. I remember that there was this time where I really got into Game Boy Advance. I ended up getting into Game Boy Advance SP, and I think that it was because you gave me, it may have been Aria Asara. I thought I gave you the double pack that had Harmony of Distance and Army and Aria of Sorrow together. You may have. I can't remember exactly, but it was because I had, I had watched you play it a couple of times. My dad got into it too, but I remember watching you play it a couple of times, and then I was a huge fan of Symphony of the Night. So, so yeah, I think I think that's when it all came around to pass. But I I, I can't remember exactly. Gotcha. Yeah, but man, I knew I got into it for a while. Yeah, it's got really good bosses. Like, there's this one boss, you're like, oh, it's just a giant bat. That's fucking been used before. But then this giant hand comes through, crashes the f- and crushes 
the fucking thing. And then you you ha- you you end up fighting this giant who's locked behind like this cage, and you have to like hit him in the face as his two fucking hands like take up almost the entire fucking screen. I think my favorite thing that I liked about about all those, you know, boss wise, any of those things or whatnot, is just it 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 had its consistency, but at the same time there were little things about it, like what you were saying just a minute ago about the hands coming out and all that. It's like you know it starts off that way, but then you know like when you're going through when you're going through the different through the different levels and things like that, and you've got different things floating across the screen and shit. I think I think that to me is what is what I really really liked about those. Versus yeah, it, the other ones. But then again, I was a fan of Lament of Innocence, too. The one that came out on PS2. Yeah. I mean, it just had, like, the monsters are so creative. You you have tons of different enemies. There's there's a few palette swaps, but there's not that many. And then just, you have great boss battles. Um, you have, like, the, the headhunter boss battle where you basically have to beat the boss three times as it just que- keeps uh, switching heads and turning into something else. Right, right. Um, and, but I, I will say this... that I agree with you that I actually kind of like the ones where the Belmonts are regular characters. You know, I kind of like I kind of like following following the Belmont family through the games. I really, really like that. Yes. You know, I, even though I really, I really enjoyed Alucard as a character, but I really, I really like following the Belmont clan through the through the games. You know, because when I get to people that I don't know, I'm like, well, who the fuck is this? Yeah, and unfortunately, the Metroidvania games almost. All of them just fucking drop the Belmonts. They're they're in there as characters, but you don't play as a Belmont, right? Um, which is sad, but still, uh, I can't. I think I want to say Aria of Sorrow is the one that also had the Legion boss, where it was like a fucking shell of of clay bodies that you constantly had to like hit to break the shell, and you had to like jump up multiple platforms to hit all of it until you got to its core. It just had super creative bosses. The soul system was was fucking awesome. I absolutely loved constantly like changing what I could do. Uh, you have multiple different weapons, and in fact, one of the cool things in the sequel, Dawn of Sorrow for the DS, which it had where you could actually take souls and use them to improve weapons and create new weapons, which was awesome. That's so cool. If you, if you beat Aria of Sorrow, Dawn of Sorrow is just as dope. But you're going to have a harder time emulating it because it was DS, so it had that thing where you randomly would have to draw something on the screen. Right. And that that kind of... I fucking hated that, but... Yeah, the DS games were all like, I got to use the touchscreen somehow. Yeah, I don't think Order of Ecclesia did. And no, now I think I, Portrait I of Ruin. They only did it for Dawn, so. and, and they were like, oh, we're not doing this again. So, yeah, check out... If you like Castlevania games, if you like... Metroidvania games like Symphony of the Night. Check out uh, Castlevania Aria of Sorrow. It's my third favorite game of all time. In fact, I didn't t- when I first played the game, I suck at video games and I don't play video games for long periods of time. It has to be ex- like very specific games while I play for hours on end. Aria of Sorrow is one of those. I got it for the Game Boy Advance. I started playing it and before I knew it, the night had went by and the sun was rising and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> So, and I, I, I have not done that many times in my life because, like I said, I, I'm not very good at video games, even though I love them. So, that is one of them. It's one of the few games I've actually beaten all the way through. So, it, it's a fucking awesome game. So, check it out. Um, next, we move back to Jay. Jay is moving up to the GameCube era uh, with one, probably one of my favorite video games of all time, actually. Eternal Darkness. This game... 
Holy shit, man. Let me tell you about this game. So it's a survival horror game. It takes place in four, well, yes, technically four different periods in time. There's current times, which was 2000 AD at the time, uh, which acts as a hub world. You like, and I can't remember the plot exactly, but you like inherit a mansion or you have to go to this mansion that belongs to your family for whatever reason, or you're studying the family that used to live in the mansion or something along those lines. You find a book. Book tells three different stories spread across 12 chapters. So I think each each of the th- uh, three characters that aren't the, the hub character have four chapters apiece um, or whatever the case may be. But you play across a few different time periods, as f- uh, a few different characters, and you're uncovering like the uh, the story behind this like ancient evil thing that's going on. It sounds like Evil Dead. No, no. So listen. So after the second chapter, because like the first chapter is like the introduction, and then it takes you through basic gameplay. But after the second chapter, it introduces a mechanic called a sanity meter. And this has got to be the most ingenious fucking way to make a player tense while playing a video game that I've ever seen. The sanity meter affects almost everything. So every time, the way it would work is every time you encountered a monster or a creature, your sanity meter would go down. Every time you beat one, it would go up. The longer you're around a monster, the lower your meter got. So there was uh, a driving force for quickly dispatching enemies and solving puzzles and stuff like that. As it got lower, your character would start to hallucinate. So you would do, it would, could be something as simple as the camera being askew a little bit or the music changing or like a statue's head would turn or the, even the head would detach and follow you around the room. Then it would get even crazier. You would walk, you'd be a puzzle in the room and you'd go, you'd move on to the next room and then you'd like the screen would show your character walking into the room and then like your character's head would explode. And then it would go back to showing you that you never actually left the original room in the first place. Kind of like the middle of Metal Gear Solid 2. Kind of. But here's where it got even. And actually, I have to look now because now that you mention it, the that part in Metal Gear Solid 2 is, is kind of similar. But this was a constant game mechanic. Uh, it got to the point where it starts screwing with you as the player. Uh, you'd walk into a room and the screen would go blank and go memory card corrupt, save file deleted <laughs> and shit like that. And right. like, so, yeah, the messages would look like that or uh, it would switch to like a fake trailer for a sequel to the game or just all kinds of random shit to fuck with you as a person. And this, it was just this game sounds pretty cool. It's so awesome. I remember it. And I remember freaking out the first time I saw like it, it telling me like I was like, oh, shit, really? My game's broken, and it's just, it's crazy. So you've got 2000s where you play as a character, and that's the main hub world. Then you play as somebody in uh, part of the Roman military in ancient Persia in 26 BC. Uh, You play in 565 AD as a Persian swordsman uh, who's in the Forbidden City, and I don't know where that is, Cambodia, I think. Uh 814 AD, 1150 AD, 1460 AD. So you're just following this this these different characters through these different points in time until you uh make it up to uh current times and uh 1991 before you get to 2000 and you find out who the big bad is and everything else. I don't really want to 
spoil it and I can't really remember it either so I can't spoil it if I wanted to <laughs> uh, but the main draw is that sanity meter and no other game has done done something like that for the entirety of the game obviously the Metal Gear Solid 2 references is pretty solid because that one tells you to like but you've been playing the game too long and you have to turn it off right you uh, remember that spot where it said like you died or something yeah and, and the screen came up and then you're the game is still going and the fucking little picture in the side in the left do you remember that yep yeah, that one took me a while to figure out. Yeah, but the first time as I far as survival that. horror games go, this it just no other game has done it like that where it affects your sanity and it messes with you as a player. And I just thought that was so ingenious. And I think this is a it's a first party Nintendo game. I know it was made by Silicon Knights, but I think Nintendo owns the rights to it. I'm not sure, but they I would do. love to see an HD remake or a sequel or something. You it know, would probably get me to buy. Whatever Nintendo system, if it was a Nintendo exclusive, it would probably get me to buy it immediately because of how great the game actually is. Yeah, and you know what's funny? It actually started out as a Nintendo 64 game. It did. It did. Um, but uh, like a lot of things, the Nintendo 64 was on its way out, uh, and it became a GameCube title instead. There And it actually does, like, there's ties between it and the Metal Gear series. I can't, like, there's a thing where, like... Uh, the one the game that came out for GameCube Twin Snakes, I think it was. Yeah. Like, there's a bunch of stuff between them. Uh, like, well, Twin like Snakes Psychomantis, is a of the first one. Well, I just is remember it? like, uh, there's a thing where like Psychomantis will scan your memory card. Yes. And if you've played Eternal, if you have an Eternal Darkness save file in there, it'll say something about it. Oh, that's funny. I didn't know um, that. Yeah, it's it's. I can't remember exactly oh, how it because, goes okay, down. Okay, so Silicon Knights did the Twin Snakes, the GameCube port, is why. Oh, okay. So it's the same publisher. Okay, that yeah, that makes sense. That that puts it. Where so it it's a it is a remake of the original Metal Gear Solid, uh, with the gameplay from Metal Gear Solid Two developed by Silicon Knights. Yeah, I, they really do need to make like um. Another one in the series, or give us an HD remake of the first one. I, I, there's always been rumors that it was gonna happen. I remember when the Wii U came out, there was a that it, there was gonna be an Eternal Darkness remake, and it was gonna be a launch title for the Wii U, and then it never ended. But as far as I know, Nintendo still owns it. They need to they need to do a remake, which will gather new uh, interest in it, and then they can use that to fund a sequel because. They, yeah, because Nintendo re-registered their trademark again in January of 2017. Oh, look at you guys googling why I talk. That's so nice. Yeah, so it makes me I look mean, less dumb. But they've read it. They've they've done that like four or five times. You know what I'm saying? So, damn. The, and there's all there's also been talk of a semi sequel that was supposed to come out come out for it. For I would uh, even take a multi platform just new Silicon Knights fucking survival horror with that sanity meter i don't know if nintendo owns the right to the sanity meter but man that is, it's just a, such a cool feature to fuck with you like i it really screws with you too as a player because even if you're not like frightened or scared by the imagery the just psychologically it really like makes you on edge you're like i, I gotta beat this monster or else i'm gonna start hallucinating and you can't control the hallucinations. And you don't know if what you're doing is a hallucination or actually part of the game. And it's it's really fucked up. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in it now. Uh, well, uh, if I ever get my dolphin emulator to work, 
I don't know. Yeah, GameCube is a little difficult to emulate, I think. Well, and I don't know emula- if it's on Virtual Console or not. Um, not that I know of. Uh, I I have the Dolphin GameCube emulator on my computer, but I can't get it to play with a steady frame rate. It either mm. goes way too fast or it goes way too slow. So I I haven't been able to get it to work right. But if I ever get it to work right, I might uh, I might try to play that game. It's definitely worth it. It's really really weird. All right. Well, Kenneth, what's your next game? Uh, the Walking Dead Survival Instinct. No? I've never played a Walking Dead game. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, no, I'm going to go with... Oh, wait, uh, wasn't that the game that came out and it was like a Daryl shooting people and people were like, this is the worst fucking game ever? Yeah. Okay, I remember Okay, I remember people bitching about it. It just didn't register to me until you were like, no? And then I was like, oh, he's making a joke. Oh, shit. Okay. Then yeah. I remembered what it was. But no, actually, I'm going to go with uh, Until Dawn. I'm going to go with that one. Fair, fairly recent game. Come out on the PS4. And, uh, you know, the thing that I really, really like about Until Dawn is it's like fucking playing a horror movie. It's it's directly like playing a horror movie. It's not like It's not like the other survival horror games or something like that. This, if you were to sit back and you were a person watching someone else play this game, you would swear it was a horror movie. Because it's about these kids that are up in a cabin on a mountain, uh, like a ski resort type deal. And they're up there, and uh, when they go up there, uh, I can't I can't remember right off the top of my head whether it's his girlfriend or his sister. I think it's his sister. Either way, his they sister. go... It's his sister? Yeah, uh, yeah. They run out into the woods. Recently. Yeah, and his sister gets killed. And one of her friends gets killed with her. And then it's like a year later, they all go back for like an anniversary after this. And it's supposed to be to help the dude that owns the cabin. And they all go up there and then crazy shit starts happening, just like in a horror movie. And the basis of the game is it's, it's kind of like heavy brain where you have to every choice that you make that is given to you, it, it changes the outcome of the game. And so you, and you, and you get to play as different characters. You got like a whole group of different players and you know, you've got your, it's not an extreme stereotype, but you can see the stereotypes that are there with each one of the characters. Like, you know, you've got the you've got the asshole, you've got the jock, you've got the 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 slutty chick, you know, the whole nine, but they're not extreme like in the Friday the thirteenth uh game. They're not extreme, but they're there. You can see it. And my favorite thing about it is I just love games where you make choices to change the outcome of the game. I really, really like that 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 aspect of something. To where, you know, you don't know what kind of ending you're going to get. And it's not always the same cookie cutter shit. And I really, really dig it. The the, the isolation factor that you get from it. Because you're literally up in like a ski resort during the wintertime. So you can't go anywhere. If you do, you're going to die in the snow. um, Or the killer is going to get you. Uh, So you got the isolation factor. The graphics were insane. The majority of it's in the dark. Um, you've got some really crazy choices that you got to make. And then you got some really, really, you know, just small choices that you got to make. I mean, it, it, it was just, it's a fantastic game. Yeah, I've seen, it. I've seen, um, Reese actually watch someone. I think she watched Markiplier play it. So I saw some stuff. I know they like use like the Wendigo mythology in there. Right. So um, one of the things I actually love about this game is that it crams so many horror movie tropes into a fucking into its story so you've got the cabin in the wood aspect you've got a slasher villain you've got ghosts you've got 
monsters in the woods. It's just so fucking awesome that they cram so much stuff into it. And then it all makes sense in the end. Like it, if you hear me saying it like that, you're like, oh, that seems kind of stupid, but it all makes sense. Once you get to the actual end of the, the, I said movie, the end See of the what game, I'm saying? <laughs> but yes, it's, it's awesome. And there are, so like he said, you can get to any, there's any number of endings and choices and paths to follow along the way you can do. And uh, you can, it's possible to save everyone. It's possible to kill everyone. Uh, you can save your favorites. You can kill your the least liked. You can do it the opposite way. There's so many different ways to get uh, through this game, and the path that you take there is you could play it twice and never see this. You, twice is less. You could play it a bunch of times and never see the same story twice. It's just simply fantastic. Fair enough. Jerry I did not to play it. Yeah, I don't. I, I just don't really play games like this. Um, mostly because I suck. Like, if you, like, literally, guys, if you don't believe me, I used to do a YouTube channel for retro gaming. And I'll include a link to it in the links, but it's called The Game Case. And one of the shows I did on it was called Get Good, and it was just about me sucking at video games. Me trying to, like, get far in video games, and and I rarely would ever last, like, ten minutes. And I'd be playing, like, like yeah, original see, Nintendo, the, Super Nintendo games. That's the thing about this game. There's no way that you can suck at it. You can't. Oh, it's an interactive movie. It's like the Walking Dead games. It's not like there's not a lot going on. I think you'd be fine with it. Yeah, oh, you, because because like if you're playing one of the characters and the character dies, you're gonna go to another one and start their story. You know that's the way it works. That's what makes it completely because it's like you know the the, the, the there's so many different endings for the game that if one person dies. You know, you're just going to start at somebody else, and hopefully, you're going to make the choice of whether they live or die. So there's and no so like real. Essentially, there's no fail state. Right. So there, there's no game over. Like, uh-uh. even if you at the end of it, if everybody dies, you just get like what the bad ending. You get the you ending get, for when get, everybody dies. You get uh-huh. one of the many endings. Technically, there's ex. However many characters there are, eight or twelve or whatever. There's that many endings and that many ending combinations. Because it all changes depending on who's alive and who isn't. Right. Wow. That's what I'm saying. You know it'd be There's cool no if someone someone did this combination, did like this style of game, but did it for the Evil Dead remake movie. That'd be cool. Thought just crossed my mind, but yeah, maybe one just day just make another Evil Dead game. Uh, you want Fistful of Broomsticks Part Two? Hell yeah! I Is if that game went fucking hard enough? And yeah. I can sweep. <laughs> I did say broomstick instead of boomstick, guys. So, uh, yeah, well, that's that's how we roll here. So, yeah, one of these days I'll have to check it out. I know Reese uh, was a fan of it, even though I don't think she ever played it. She just watched other people play it. But if it's a, if it if it's that much like a movie, it probably works just as well doing that kind of. You like, know what um, would be fun to do is if when I and I'm gonna say when because it's not an if I'm gonna come down there when I come down there. We all like sit down and just play through the game because it, you could you can beat it in like eight hours, but just like make decisions as a group that'd be kind of fun. Yeah. Oh, we could, we can make a whole video out of that. That'd be fun. Oh yeah, yeah, that would be kind of cool actually. But yeah, it would be it would be kind of cool. Oh man, I wish we were popular enough that I could stream it and have our fans make the decisions while I play it. Hey, if you ever want to stream it, I would I would just sit there and commentate on shit and fuck with you. That'd be fun. Um. Well, all right. Well, uh, time to get into our last recommendations. And uh, this is my second favorite game of all time. And it's one that doesn't need a fucking story. Uh, fuck, you don't even need uh, the name of the, of the fucking main character. You don't need shit but a shotgun. 
Okay, we're talking Doom. Did you suit Larry? <laughs> yes. Uh, Doom from 1993 by id Software, or ID Software if you want to say it that way, but most people just say id. It was uh, it, not the first first-person shooter, but it has the credit of making the genre popular. And it blends a nice collection of science fiction and horror into it. Basically, um, look, sometimes you experiment with shit. Unfortunately, when you experiment with shit, uh, stuff goes bad. So... There's a company named Union Aerospace Corporation, and they were maybe making some portal dimension experiments. They may have went wrong. Uh, it may or may not have either A, opened a portal to hell, or B, opened a portal to an alien race who decided to use what we see as hell as the as its like way of looking at itself. Depending on which game you're looking at, it goes either way. I like to just stick with, we opened a portal to hell. Because it's easier to digest that way than the other way. Uh, but yeah, basically, uh, you now have to fight the fucking armies of hell with guns. Uh, and it has some elements of like a horror survival game. Because depending on how you play, like I, pe- I play on ultraviolence, you have to watch your ammo. You've got to watch your health fucking constantly. You fuck up once and you could literally be like trying to find some kind of health packet while you have two shotgun shells left and that's it and one fucking imp could fireball your ass and you're fucking done it's great it has like depending on how the enemy hits you will depend on how much health you lose it's great for me because you really don't have to aim just point the general direction and you're fucking good which i love because you don't have to aim up or down it's just sideways so it doesn't matter if they're 10 feet in the air, just point forward and shoot and the bullets will will fucking uh, Kennedy themselves into that fucking monster's head. It is absolutely fabulous. You get to fu- like, you'll be like trying to solve puzzles and then you'll hear something and you're like, oh fuck, there's a monster somewhere. And like, I'm old, when I play the game, I, I jump, I'm like fucking that thing when you're playing a game and you start like moving sideways to dodge the shit being shot at you but you're physically yourself dodging i do that constantly i will fucking jump out of nowhere because a pinky demon appeared and just starts fucking eating the shit out of me until i pull a chainsaw and shove that in his mouth i fucking love doom doom one and doom two are are some of my favorite fucking games and the first doom is a game that if you've never played you need to sit down and play it. Um, there are four episodes. Originally, there was only three, but they, when they put out Ultimate Doom, they added a fourth episode. And it's great. There's secrets. There's items. There's kills. Every time you, you beat a level, it'll tell you how much percentage you did correctly of items or kills, uh, secrets. And it'll also tell you your par. If you want to speed run it, it'll tell you how fast you need to speed run it to beat par. Which is fucking awesome. You can. It's got multiple different levels. So if you need to start off playing like uh, super easy, you can. And then you can build up and play up to ultraviolence. There's a level after ultraviolence called Nightmare. It's basically ultraviolence except all enemies respawn. And fuck that. Okay? Fuck it. Don't play that. It's fucking... It's... It's... You... Unless you can play Ninja Gaiden with your fucking eyes closed... Oh, don't, man, that used to be my Saturday hobby. 
<laughs> oh yeah? Fuck. Shit. <laughs> um but I absolutely love Doom. I, I rarely do I meet people who haven't played Doom. You can play it on PC, you can play it on Super Nintendo, you can play it on Atari Jaguar, you can play it on Game Boy Advance, you can play it on PlayStation 1, you can get it uh buy the Doom 3 BFG edition for PS3 or Xbox 360. Bam, you can play them on there. You can download it on the Xbox Live Arcade. It is fucking... Doom is one of those games that I think every gamer, no matter who you are, you need to play it. You need to know Doom. If you... Because there's something in there for everyone. If you just like to shoot shit, if you like to solve puzzles, if you like to find secret items, it's fucking awesome. And it has some of the coolest like monster design ever. If you're not fucking with a cyber demon or a spider mastermind, I don't know what to fucking tell you. And those fucking, oh man, and I won't get into Doom 2, raises it to a whole new fucking level. So I fucking love Doom. I'm assuming you guys have played Doom. Jay, how do you feel about Doom? I love Doom. It's very fun. I like all of the Dooms. Uh, I really am just going to end up echoing everything you said. Uh, They had some of the, yeah, like you said, they were some of the best early first-person shooters. I think the first time I ever played was actually on the Super Nintendo because I didn't have a computer. Uh, but then when I got a computer, it was one of the games that was given to me as a gift. Um, and it was it was Ultimate Doom or something like that. It was 1, 2, and, the, and whatever expansions were out at the time. Uh, if it's uh, Ultimate Doom, it comes with Doom, Doom 2, Master Levels for Doom 2. And then you also have the Plutonium Experiment and uh tnt evolution which were fan made and then id software was like yo that's awesome uh we need you to fix a couple of things and then we're gonna put it out i believe i i want to say that was it i can't remember that was forever ago um but yeah yeah. it was it was it's great it's such a great game um i love them i love that there's so many secrets i love that they don't hold your hand uh you've got to figure that shit out for yourself it's just it's all around is an awesome game and if you haven't played it, then I don't know what the hell's wrong with you. Uh, here's something you may not remember. Um, when the Motorola Razor was the most popular phone around, there was a, a mobile game before mobile games were a thing called Doom RPG. And oh, it was yes. a turn-based fucking first-person Doom-themed uh, RPG, and that was kind of fun. Dude, did you see that they remade Doom as a side-scroller? Like fucking Contra? No. Yeah, Mike Matei from Cinemasker was playing it on one of his streams, and it was dope as shit. I, I want. It's called Mini Doom. Huh. <laughs> it is fucking awesome. I, I like. I want to try. I don't think I'd enjoy it as much, but because it's more of like because it's I, basically becomes Contra. Right. But it looks fucking awesome. Um, Kenneth, how do you feel about Doom? I really like the concept of it. Like. The whole mixing sci-fi with uh, demonology and shit like that, I really, really like that concept. And then on top of that, I mean, it's just slap-ass full of fucking blood and guts. I mean, you know, you're you're running gun, fucking kill shit, fucking blow shit up, blood and guts flying all over the place, and damn, if you fuck up, like you said, and run out of ammo or something like that, you can pretty much just kiss your ass goodbye because they don't make it easy. Yeah, pretty much. Like, you know in that Family Guy episode where Stewie's playing a banjo and he's got, he screams he's so excited because he's got blisters on his fingers? Yeah. Yes. That's how I felt the first time I punched a cyber demon to death. That's what I'm saying, man. I mean, it's like, even in the fucking, 
the the one that they made for PlayStation, dude. You know, the newest one. The one that that, that one is the same way. I mean, I got to give them credit for keeping, you know, keeping with the with the style of it. Cuz I mean, it's like you, you just constantly just shoot 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 kill 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 and you know, it's I love them. I think they're great games, you know, and I think it's amazing that all the fucking absolute horrible publicity that it's gotten, which is fantastic. Yeah, keep in mind Doom caught a lot of shit because uh apparently the Columbine shooters um see with Doom, the original Doom, you could make WAD files and the WAD files were basically where you created your own levels. Mm-hmm. So it's great. You can find all kind of like Doom is one of those games that was like early on people were hacking it to add stuff, making their own levels level design because it was released to share it was like, like minecraft with demons yeah id software was like yeah make shit cool hell yeah and apparently the columbine shooters may or may not have uh made levels kind of based on their high school but they definitely were doom players so it caught a lot of shit for that but doom kept going doom was so fucking big that bill gates made a commercial where he put himself inside doom for a uh, conference presentation <laughs> like it's fucking awesome yeah you can find it it's fucking dope like like everyone was playing fucking new especially they released the first episode for free as shareware and then if you wanted episode two and three you would buy them but that's how confident they were like it like doom is where it like id software had already done wolfenstein 3d and were were go they were revolutionizing they were creating and revolutionizing the first-person shooter genre. And then with Doom, they just knocked it out of the fucking park. They're, like, it didn't, the story didn't matter. The name of the character doesn't matter. In fact, we just call him Doom Guy. Who knows what the fuck his actual name is? Um, uh, Space Marine. Uh, go fuck he comes yourself. From a, no, he comes from a, a long line of Marine. Uh, there's Jim Marine. <laughs> his wife is Sally Marine. Oh, the who so the stupid, fuck would name their kid laughing. space? <laughs> who would name their kid space? I mean, I don't know. It's the fucking future. Who would open a portal to hell? Nobody that's like knows. Somebody, that's like somebody naming their kid Winter or something like that. That's true. But yeah, and then like even when okay, so you take uh, Doom 2016. Like I suck at that game, but I bought that shit day one. And you know what? Honestly. It has the feel of a Doom game. It feels like a Doom game. I just suck because it's in three dimensions and I can't really... You have to aim up and down. That's the only thing I didn't like, aiming up yeah, and down. I, feel I fucking um, rock that game, dude. Oh, like, dude, I, I suck so bad. You remember when I was playing it, man? I mean, it was like day after day after day I was running through that shit. It got to the point to where I had been staring at the screen for so long that when I stood up to go to the bathroom, I was wobbly. Damn. I yeah, because yeah, I was literally, I was planted in front of the fucking TV, man, just, I mean, solid for fucking hours. And then I, w- I had to go take a piss really, really, really bad because I'd been holding it. And so I was like, fuck it. And I fucking paused the game and I got up and I was wobbly because I fucking, uh, I was so used to f- staring at that world that when I was coming out of it, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I fucking. Oh, that's funny. Like, literally, I have a plush of the Caco Demon. Oh, uh, what demon? The caco demon, <laughs> the big red meatball guy with I horns. Know. I know. Yeah. I'm being funny. Wait, is caco demon not how you say that? I don't know. I'm just. Oh. It sounds like cock, so I was just being funny. The or cock shoot demon. It in the mouth. You do, or yeah, you need to do like, and it's great because as you learn more, like you know, if you if you run into a caco demon, if you shoot it with the chain gun, it ha- it doesn't have the ability to shoot back. 
Or if it's close enough to you, run a chainsaw in its mouth and it won't be able to attack you. Um, I just fucking like, goddamn lit that motherfucker up with a plasma gun. Uh, well, you don't get the plasma gun until later on, and the bullets for that I kind of save because they're when you're playing on ultraviolence, you you don't like you have to conserve bullets more. So I usually would save plasma until I got to like the the later on in the game where you get like big motherfuckers like uh the the cyber demon or this the spider mastermind or when you're in those rooms where there's just fucking tons of them and there's no barrels to shoot to blow up shit so like it's more strategic at the later you get in doom you have to be way more fucking strategic like it's fucking it, great it took me a while to get to that too man because when i first when i got into it at first i was doing nothing but you know run run up to them shoot them back up you know, then run up to him and shoot him and back up. And then later on, as I got into it, I had to, I didn't have no choice. I started having to use the barrels and shit because I'd fucking run out of ammo. And then and then when you start figuring out that you can fucking goddamn coax them into killing each other. Oh yeah, that's what. Oh yeah, fuck, dude, that is one of the greatest things. And what's funny is some of the demons will not. Some of the monsters will not fight each other, and some have a higher probability of doing it. Like lost souls, you can trick lost souls into fighting fucking anything. But, like, an imp versus an imp won't fight another imp. It's fucking, it's great. Oh, man, okay, yeah, let me stop talking about Doom so fucking much. Jay, what's your what's your next game? All right, so my last game is, um, <laughs> I love it. Oh, man, we're fucking re-recording after technical episode. I still can't fucking remember what I said. Last of Us, Last of Us. God damn you, brain. Hate my brain sometimes. Last of Us for the PS4. Uh, this is a very cinematic-driven uh, third-person zombie apocalypse game, and it fucking starts off with a bang. I'm not even going to say what it is in case people haven't played it. I don't know why you haven't played Well, okay, so P- I said PS4. I meant PS3. Uh, it came out on PS3. They did remaster it on PS4 because it was so popular. Um, the I've played fungal it through- apocalypse. I've, well, yeah, kind of. I played it through both. <laughs> Uh, the PS4 version is definitely worth it. Even if you played the PS3, it has some. It has the downloadable content, which is an extra story. Uh, but just the the slight upgrade and everything looks really nice. Uh, but besides that, so it's it's the future, um, an actual fungal infection that affects ants called coldiceps, I think is what it's called, uh, has affected is mutated and affected humans. Uh, so they become these zombie-like creatures that just kind of wander around and attack people violently. Uh, you play as Joel, and you are trying to escort this girl uh, who may have the antivirus from one area to another across borders. There's still some semblance of a government, but a lot of it's like Mad Max-style uh, scavengers and wastelands, and then you're dealing with the zombies uh, kind of like cover stealth-based action gameplay, uh, but with a fantastic character-driven story behind it. The connection between uh, the two main characters, Joel and Ellie, is just, it's absolutely powerful. Um, there's a the, the opening scene is made men cry. I know this for a fact because I am a man and I cried. It's super powerful. And I it's got just, a little moist. <laughs> and it's just I would I would imagine it would hit you pretty hard. Um not wanting to to spoil it of course, but it's just it's just something you got to experience. It is so much fun. Uh the story is fantastic. There's little uh little hidden 
objects to collect throughout the game. Uh, there's, like I said, if you get the PS4 version, it comes with the side story that tells you about uh, two other characters that you meet while you're playing the main game. Uh, the multiplayer, it has multiplayer online versus, and that's actually kind of fun because crafting is a big part of the gameplay. So like you can collect, you collect a bunch of stuff and then you kind of got to decide what you want to make. Like the same materials that make a Molotov cocktail uh, also are used to bandage a wound. So you kind of got to decide if you want to like heal yourself or make an extra weapon. And or that like char- taking fucking scissors and putting them on the top of a stick or, or yeah. using the civ- or using the scissors to cut up the fucking bandages. Right, exactly. It, uh, it's crazy. So that kind of carries over to the multiplayer. So where you're crafting, you're crafting weapons. You find like little little bits and bobs as you're uh, navigating the stage, and ammo is limited. So it's almost like a survival horror versus, and it's actually a lot of fun, a lot more fun than you would think it would be. Uh, had a had some fun playing that. Uh-huh. I thought the craziest thing to me about it is when my buddy uh, told me about that that fungus actually exists right that's what i'm saying so it's it's a real fungus that affects ants i believe right in the story of the game in the story of the game it mutates to affect humans um but yeah it is kind of crazy so you guys should look it up there's some youtube videos that explain it and show you the effects of it it's it's really crazy it just basically makes the ants uh like like it tricks them into going to destroy their own hives right something like that yeah it's it's crazy. Um, this is why I script my YouTube videos also, is because I've said um and it's crazy and it's fun like twelve times. Uh, I'm trying not to spoil it though because it's so story and character driven that if you ha- if you haven't played it then then you fucking I- suck at life. <laughs> yes. And it doesn't matter whether Jay spoils it or not because the game's <laughs> been out for fucking ever. All right, all right. So it's here's been what I'll said do. that it's amazing. <laughs> now that I've now that I've stammered on, I will I'm gonna throw a spoiler warning so from this point on if you don't want to know about the story details the last of us uh skip ahead till whenever um so the opening scene uh you come home from work and you're like super tired and it's your birthday and your daughter has saved up a bunch of money to buy you a watch and you're like oh that's so sweet of you and then you go to sleep and then you wake up as the daughter i think i'm if i'm remembering this correctly and you're exploring the house. You're like, hey, dad, where you at? And you can't find him. And a whole bunch of shit happens. And then your daughter ends up fucking dying. And it's fucking sad as shit, man. It's mm-hmm. sad. You cry as you're like the start of the zombie apocalypse is happening. And your daughter ends up getting shot. And you're just like, Aah! that's literally the sound you will make. <laughs> so it's Vincent Price's The Last Man on Earth. I don't know. I've never actually seen that movie. It's very similar. Which um... is funny because I've seen... I've seen I Am Legend, and I've seen I Am Omega, which are both based off the same book, but I've never actually seen Vincent Price's version of it. Yeah, I've so, seen Will Smith and Mark Dukakis' version. <laughs> um, so I've never played the game. Oh, then I've ruined it for Jerry. I no, you, you actually haven't, because Reese once again watched, I think, Markiplier play it, and I saw pieces of it from that. Oh, okay. And, uh, and I remember the first time I saw it, and I saw the mushroom people, and I was like, "Oh, that's bullshit! They stole that straight from Matango. Like the <laughs> the design they have, it looks just like fucking the designs for the mushroom people in Matango." So it's very possible that they didn't get it from that, but because I've watched some behind the scenes stuff, which also comes on the disc, is kind of awesome. Actually, what's really cool is if you beat 
the PlayStation 4 version, you can then play the game through with director commentary on it. What? That's yes. fucking amazing. Dude. Yes, you have to beat the game first, but then you can play through it again with director commentary on. That I, is fucking I'm, like almost positive. Actually, let me my my shelf of video games is right here, but I'm almost positive. JKL Last of Us Remastered. Let's see. Somebody uh, that actually has their shit in alphabetical order. <laughs> yeah, in-game cinematic commentary from the cast and creative director. But I believe you have to beat the game first to unlock that. Uh, but yeah, it's just they uh, they modeled the zombie design off of the the way the ants look when the fungus affects them. So it's just possible that they both were going after the same thing. Um, fun fact, I actually have my PS4 copy signed by the guy that did the voice for Joel, uh, Troy Baker. He does a bunch of video game uh, voice work. And I met him at Emerald City Comic Con, and he signed it. And he said, Jay, make every shot count. And then he signed his name on my copy of The Last of Us for PS4. How much did that autograph cost you? Uh, 20 or 30 bucks. He was one of the cheaper ones. <laughs> he was a super nice guy. He was a really nice guy. Really friendly. He shook everybody's hand. The guy in front of me had asked him questions about voice acting. He's like, I really want to, really trying to get into voice acting. Do you have any advice? And the guy talked with him for like 10 minutes. And I wasn't even mad because it was just kind of cool to hear him talk about his, his work. It's always nice when you meet a celebrity and they're not a fucking dick. Right? Right? You're so, like, disillusioned ahead of time. You're like, oh, man, I really love this person. Yeah, and then when you walk off, you're just like, you fucking cock. I'm not giving you no money, (laughs) fucking son of a bitch. But, yeah, it was was good. Shout out to Tyler (laughs) Bain. But, yeah, you should should definitely play this game. It's, It's a lot of fun. I don't even... I really don't know what else to say about it. If either of you guys have any input, feel free to jump on on that. I'm gonna jump on you, sweetheart. Oh. I, don't, I, I don't really have much because I, I I didn't play it. Right? No, no, that's fine. So I mean, I guess we'll. Uh, Kenneth, do you have anything to add to it? It's fucking awesome. Go play it. Yeah, go play it. It's fun. Well, fair. And enough. we're getting a. I think we're getting a sequel soon. Yay, sequels. Oh, okay. Uh, fair Is enough. Is your microphone right. messing up? No, I just I <laughs> did I I just heard a loud noise and I was scared and I didn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, um, that's the feeling you'll get when you're playing the game. Well, now I know. All right. Well, uh, Kenneth, what's your what's your last game? What are you ending us with? Silent Hill Two. Oh <laughs> shit! Yeah, buddy. All right, I'm just gonna sit back and enjoy listening to you talk about this. The thing about Silent Hill Two is that it it gets to you on a level that it's almost difficult for me to describe. I mean, the game is designed to fuck with your psyche. That's that's what it's made for. The music, the layout, everything. It is designed to fuck with you. You know, it's not like... It's not like when you're when you're playing Resident Evil or something like that, you know, where those games are they're designed to be creepy, but Silent Hill is intentionally designed to to mess with your your psychological state when you're playing it. You know, so uh, the way the story goes is a guy named James, he gets a, a get, he gets a letter from Silent Hill. Uh, well, it was postmarked for Silent Hill. And it's from his wife, Mary, who had died two years prior to that moment. And so already it starts off with the creepy aspect. And then and then he want, he goes to hunt her down. 
So he goes to Silent Hill to hunt her down. And when he goes there, uh, obviously, you know, it's got all the it's it's got all the cool Silent Hill stuff. But the thing about it is, is the imagery that's in it is a lot of the things that he's seeing when he's when he's going through the town and stuff like that in search for her is things that are manifestations of like his guilt and his psychological state. Like one of the people that he meets is uh, her name's Maria and she reminds and, and she reminds him of Mary and it's a different version of of of, of it's a different version of Mary in his in his head you know everything is like that like there's a spot where he's going through this this apartment building and he sees somebody sitting in the chair and it's actually him and the person had blown their brains out and the blood and shit's all over the TV you know and it's actually him that he sees there and and going back to maria you know it's like he can see different things like how vulnerable he is and stuff like that and it reminds him of how he different did not react to his own wife's vulnerability and shit like that and i mean there's so many different correlations of things that are going on in it that is based on you know regrets that he has or 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 you know any kind of pain that he's in based on his relationship with his wife. I mean, it's just an insane game, especially when you get down to the nitty gritty of it. I mean, it's just, it's intense. It, 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 it's one of those things that it's, it, 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 it gets under your skin when you play it. It's just, I, I, I don't know. I just can't, I can't, I wish I could fucking plug a thing into my brain and let people that are listening to this be able to just get the flow of how I feel about this fucking game. It's so good. Even down to the designs of how everything looks. I mean, the guys that made the uh, that made the game, they went and they took pictures of old dilapidated bathrooms and fucking walls and shit with paint peeling off and stuff like that, and designed the designed the layout around it. And then they went to different cities and they fucking did that. They did. I mean, they completely designed it around it. You know, and and the. I was watching this documentary where they were talking about how they designed the beginning of the game when you're running through the, the forest and the cemetery and stuff to get to the main part of Silent Hill. They they made that intentionally long to frustrate you before you got to it on purpose. And normally they don't do shit like that in games at the very beginning, and they did that on purpose. It was to make you uneasy and irritated. That's hilarious. Yeah, but it's it, it's great. It makes for a better game. And it the does. Fr- it, sets your, uh, it sets your emotional... Right. Side up for it right away, yeah. And believe it or not, the very first time that I ever played this game, it was on Xbox. The very first Xbox. The Xbox version's really good. Really yeah, I, I was blown away it. by it. That's actually, uh, I was blown away by it, and that was the first time I ever played it. That, and that was the only time that in history that anybody can, you know, fucking put me in an Xbox, anything Xbox together. But it was really, really good. I fucking love it. And then the music on top of it. I mean, you know, it was the same guys that did the first one. The music was fucking uh, fucking phenomenal. I mean, uh, I, I, I just, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's hard for me to express my absolute love for this game. Yeah, while I've never played the game, I've, I've always found it, like, s- super, in- it's just a very interesting game. So much so that, like, I literally watched an hour-long video that just talks about the historical society in the game. Like, nice. It's just a, a fucking hour long, and I was like, "Yep, I'm watching this." Um, and I can't remember was it Silent Hill? Which Silent Hill was it that has like the um, where they they make references, like really subtle references to the school from an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? 
the kindergarten cop movie? I don't know. One of them has, like, where, like, you can literally line up a screenshot from inside the school to the movie, and, like, you'll see, like, the same exact, like, advertisements. Mm. I can't remember which one has a school. I think all of them. I I would imagine that's probably got to be three or four. Yeah, Yeah, I'm not not sure. I can't remember which which one it was, but I always thought it was kind of funny. Um, But Silent Hill's one of those guys. I've never played them. I've just kind of watched things from them because... I like learning about the history of video games and and stuff like that more than I like playing them. So there games like Silent Hill, like there's just so much to dig into that I, I love just sitting back and watching videos on it. And see, the cool thing about how this one differs from the first one is the first one, you know, you've got the guy looking for his daughter and you've got the whole demonic cult thing and, and whatnot going on. You know, you've got all that stuff going on in the first one. Well, then when you get into this one, this one isn't like that. This one is, like I said, I mean, it's completely a head trip game. Yeah, yeah, it really I'm, is. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, you know, you've got the creepy aspect of it and everything, sure, but you don't have that, you know, that solid underlining evil. This is all based around James. It's completely based around him. It's based around his mental state. It's based around his spirituality. It's based around everything. All the characters are based around him. I mean, the whole nine. And that, and I really, I really like that aspect of it too because it's like, it's like a, for it to be such a departure storyline wise from the first one to do as well as it did. That's saying something on its own. You know, because it's not it, it, the look and the eeriness of this looks like the first one, except for obviously updated graphics. But it looks like the first one. But the storyline and the basic foundations of it is not. And so for it to be that far removed foundation wise, other than just the town, you know, for it to be that far removed from it and then do as well as it did. I mean, hell silent Hill two peaks up in the damn number peaks up in the top for just about every silent Hill fan that I know. That's true. Like most games, if, if their direct sequel isn't connected to the first, like their sequel isn't direct. A lot of people throw it off, but with silent Hill, it's really the only thing that connects them is, uh, the town of silent Hill. So it is a very interesting concept that worked and it does show that stuff like that can't work. I mean, hell, that's basically how Final Fantasy does it. Every right. every new game is a new story, and it works because it's good stuff, and it's the same way with Silent Hill. And Silent Hill 2, you're right. Most people I know that are fans of Silent Hill, number two is the second one. Number two is the one where they're like, that's that's a classic. Right. Exactly. It really is. Uh, when you go from that, and then you go to three, and three is a direct sequel to number one. Yep. Yeah, yeah so I mean, that one. That one picks up that story, so it's like, you know, it's just interesting how it jumps around and still turns out to be phenomenal. The first, yep. and then the first uh, three games all together. What's funny is Homecoming is almost a sequel to or a side story to the first movie. There's a lot of references in the dialogue of Homecoming that reference the first movie. Like they're like, oh yeah, there was a cop who went to Silent Hill and she died protecting this little girl. I'm like, wait a second. That's the, uh... <laughs> I mean, I guess it's technically also the first game, but they were, it feels like they're talking about the movie. And right. And, it, things. 
And, and it's crazy how it kind of starts. It, it links together, but it doesn't. Because, like, Downpour doesn't directly link to others. Nope. You nope, know what I'm saying? Not at all. It's just and Downpour was a good game. Weird town in, in purgatory that everyone suffers, and it's just fantastic. Well, and fucking dope. Silent Hill Origins links to it, though, obviously. So... Fuck yeah, Silent Hill 2. So, guys, uh, those are the games we've, we've recommended. Please let us know what games you want to recommend for horror games. Do not say Rule of Rose, okay? Go fuck yourself. That move, that game is not worth the price. It's not that good of a game. So, anyway, if you like this, let us know. Maybe we'll do a Volume 2 later on down the road. Uh, I had a blast talking about uh, some horror video games. So, I know I definitely can think of... Uh, a few more I'd love to tackle. And in general, I had a good fucking time. How about you guys? No? Okay, cool. Are either one of y'all there? Did y'all leave me? Did y'all go to Silent Hill? Good episode. Uh, next time I'll do more research on my games and not say, um, ah, uh, and it's fantastic over and over again. Yeah, yeah write see, a like script. when you say, um. <laughs> yeah, write a script. All right, my turn. Everyone shut up and don't commentate. I have a script <laughs> I need to follow. I must stick to these words. So yeah, with that being said, uh, thank you for fucking joining us. Um, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Podbean. You can buy shirts. We've got things in the descriptions for you to do. And uh, I don't know. I may even put up a poll to see which video game they like the most that we talked about. It'll be nine video games, but it'll be kind of interesting to see which ones people like the most. I feel like Silent Hill 2 will win. That'd be cool. But we'll, ha- we'll have to wait and see. So without further ado, we will see you next time on Kill the Cast. Um, I think I know what we're doing, but we'll wait and see just in case. But I think it's a long-awaited episode from a certain fan. Shout out to Trin. We're, I think we're doing your episode next, man. Um, anybody got any parting words? Insert coin to continue. Kenneth, do you want to insert anything? <laughs> Billy Corgan's head is kind of shiny. fair enough well that's it for kill the cast we are getting out of here uh play video games watch horror movies listen to podcasts and uh make sure you tip your prostitutes we will see you next time the world is a vampire Woo.